As we prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, let's take a moment first to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, as we turn now to your word, we ask that your spirit would be with us, whether in this sanctuary or wherever we may happen to be. We ask that your spirit would uh, fill us, would open our ears, our minds, our hearts, and our lives, that we might hear uh, your word for us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from the book of Zephaniah. Uh, Zephaniah is what's, what's called a minor prophet, which means it's, it's a short book. So if you're wanting to, uh, to, to follow along, it's a little tricky to find Zephaniah. It's only a few short chapters. Uh, if you get to, to Zechariah, to Malachi, you've gone too far. Um, if you've gone, gotten to the Psalms, you're not far enough. He's sort of in between there. And we'll be reading from chapter 3, beginning at verse 14, uh, through the end of the book. Uh, Zephaniah three fourteen to 20. Listen to the word of God. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At the time when I gather you. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, is the sound of your word still hangs in our ears. We ask that you would help it to find its way into our lives, that we might reflect the good news of the gospel in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Zephaniah is a Christmas book. As we get ready for Christmas, as we celebrate Advent, there are certain books, certain passages that we associate with the season. Zephaniah is not one of them, but make no mistake, Zephaniah is an Advent book. Zephaniah is a a Christmas book. Zephaniah is uh, speaking the word of God to the people. Zephaniah is telling them how to prepare for the day of the Lord. Now, this is the theme we find throughout Zephaniah's few short chapters. Zephaniah tells the people what to expect from the day of the Lord. A day when God will be found in the midst of the people. When God will appear in the middle of God's people. When, when God will be God with us. We know what that means. And that's how we look at Christmas. 
We look at Christmas as the day that Christ was born and we, we, we came to know God with us in a new way. As Zephaniah tells the people how to prepare for the day of the Lord, Zephaniah is telling us how to prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ, the day of the Lord, the day when we find God in our midst. And as Zephaniah describes the day of the Lord, uh, the, the, the last half of our passage for today gives us uh, the, this great description uh, what the people can expect. This God, like a mighty warrior, but one who sings, uh, one who, who forgives, one who brings hope. We, we see these incredibly encouraging words as Zephaniah describes the day of the Lord. But that's the second half of the passage. The first half is not description. The first half is instruction. And the second half of the passage tells us what we can expect at the day of the Lord, but the first half of the passage tells us how to behave at the day of the Lord. It tells us what to do. And we get five specific instructions. Uh, Zephaniah tells the people of God that they will need to sing. They will need to shout. They will need to rejoice. And they will have no fear. And these are great instructions as we prepare for Christmas. I mean, each one of these makes a lot of sense. We know that Christmas involves a lot of singing. We do a lot of singing at Christmas time. And if you want proof, come back at four o'clock and you will find it. We sing at Christmas. We have our favorite songs. It's one of the only times a year that, that we sing with complete strangers. We understand that Christmas means singing. We understand that Christmas means shouting. If you need proof, watch any child open a Christmas present. Shouting happens at Christmas time. Christmas involves singing. It involves shouting. It involves rejoicing. That's what we do as we gather together with friends and loved ones. We, we sing. We shout. We rejoice. And we understand uh, that when, when Zephaniah says Christmas is a time, the day of the Lord is a time to have no fear. And that's foundational to the, the passages we read at Christmas. And no fear. This is, this is what the angel says to Mary. This is what the angel says to Joseph. This is what the angels say to the shepherds. The, the day of the Lord is a day for no fear. We understand uh, all of these instructions as we prepare for Christmas. Uh, the, the preparation for the day of the Lord is a day where there is singing. There is shouting. There is rejoicing. It is a day with no fear. But you can count. And that's four instructions. I told you Zephaniah gives us five. As Zephaniah says to sing, to shout, to rejoice, to have no fear, and to not let your hands grow weak. One of these things is not like the others. We understand what it means to sing. We understand what it means to shout. We understand what it means to rejoice. We understand to have no fear. But let not your hands grow weak. That's not really a part of our traditional Christmas celebrations. In fact, not only do we not do this, it's hard to know what it even means. This seems to be some sort of a saying, and it's, it's not a phrase that we use. Uh, let not your hands grow weak. Uh, try to include that at the end of your Christmas cards and see what happens. Right? Let not your hands grow weak. That's not, a, that's not a traditional greeting for us. So if we want to obey these instructions, we've got the first four down pretty well. But if we want to obey this final instruction, we're going to have to figure out what it means. And whenever you find passages like this in Scripture— that's when it gets really exciting. I mean, it's, it's almost as if uh, the Bible itself is daring us to dive a little deeper. It's as if the authors of Scripture are challenging us to dive further into God's Word, to hear what God is speaking to us today. Let not your hands grow weak. 
So let's, let's take the challenge. Let's look throughout Scripture and, and see if we can find out uh, what exactly this phrase means. Let's see if we can find uh, any other passages in Scripture where uh, we find someone saying, let not your hands grow weak, or, or someone who describes um, weakness of hands. To start, we're, we're going to have to actually figure out, um, this, this wasn't written in English, it was written in another language, and the exact words, the exact phrase is not just, let not your hands grow weak, it means something uh, almost like a, a do not let your hands hang, or don't let your hands droop. So we have to look through scripture and see if we can find hanging hands, or droopy hands. Droopy hands! Yeah, I told you, it's not a Christmas phrase. So we go back through the Bible, and, and, and ideally we would find an, another prophet talking about the day of the Lord who references droopy hands. And it just so happens you can find exactly that if you flip through your Bibles and you go to the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 17, Ezekiel is telling the people about the day of the Lord. And Ezekiel explains that when, when the day of the Lord comes, there are going to be people who try to flee. They're the enemies of God will try to flee from the day of the Lord. They'll head for the hills, and as they run in terror, the enemies of the Lord will find that their hands are drooping. Their hands will hang as they flee from the day of the Lord. It almost looks like this is, this is going back to that fear that Zephaniah mentioned just a few, few words ahead. But the, the hanging of the hands, that's not fear. That's the result of the fear. Right, as the people run from the day of the Lord, as the enemies of the Lord run from uh, God in their midst, uh, their fear is not the hanging of hands. Their fear causes a hanging of hands. So we're closer to solving the mystery, but we're not there yet. We have to look somewhere else. We have to see if maybe we can find another place in the Bible where we, we hear a reference to this hanging of hands, especially if it involves fear. And it turns out we can if you go back a few more books, uh, you'll find there's a, a great story, the, the book of Nehemiah, where Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah tells the story of the people coming together to rebuild God's temple. As they prepare for God's presence in their midst, they rebuild the temple of the Lord. And, and Nehemiah tells us that uh, the enemies of God's people tried to intimidate them, tried to scare them off so that their hands would hang limp, so that their hands would droop and they would never finish the work. Nehemiah says, as we prepared to celebrate the day of the Lord, our enemies tried to scare us so that our hands would hang limp and our work would remain undone. And now, now we're getting to something kind of fascinating. This hanging of hands, it, it can sometimes be the result of fear. We see that in Ezekiel. That's how Nehemiah describes it. But even though it's the result of fear, that's, that's not what the hanging of hands is. The hanging of hands for Nehemiah is the inability to do the work. The hanging of hands for Nehemiah is, it, it's, it's slacking. It'd be fascinating if we could find another Bible passage that compares hanging hands uh, to, to the failure to work. And it just so happens, we can. If you look in, uh, in Exodus 5, 8, when the people are confronting the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh uh, talks about the work he had enforced on the slaves, the people of Israel when they were slaves. And the Pharaoh says, I made them do that work because I thought they were lazy. But the word he uses is not lazy. He says, I made them do the work 
Because I thought their hands were droopy. Their hands were hanging. They were slacking. They weren't working. They were shirking their duties. So I enforced hard labor upon them. And so here we see again, hanging of hands. But this time, it's not about fear. It's about work. And as Zephaniah talks about preparing for the day of the Lord, Zephaniah says, you must sing, you must shout, you must rejoice, you must have no fear, and you must not let your hands hang. You must not let your hands droop. You must do the work. Well, now this makes all kinds of sense for Christmas. Because we sing, we shout, we rejoice, we have no fear, and Christmas takes a crazy amount of work. And we work our tails off for Christmas. There's so much to do as we prepare for Christmas. There is no time to let our hands hang. Think about all the things that you're doing. Think about all the work that goes into preparing for the celebration of the day of the Lord. Think about all that you have to hang to get ready for Christmas. You have to hang wreaths. You have to hang a tree. You have to hang ornaments. You have to hang decorations so that everyone around you knows that you are ready to celebrate Christmas. Your hands cannot hang. You are too busy hanging decorations. Your hands cannot hang. You have too much work to do. You've got to write all those Christmas cards. All those Christmas cards which are ways to tell your loved ones that they are loved and not only by you. You have to do the work. Your hands can't hang. You've got to write cards. Your hands can't hang. You're too busy baking cookies and you should be baking cookies. Number one, they're delicious. Number two, Christmas cookies are the perfect excuse to knock on your neighbor's door and invite them to church. You can't hang your hands. You've got cookies to bake. You've got cards to write. You've got presents to wrap to remind your loved ones how much they are loved. You've got decorations to hang up. You've got songs to sing. You've got friends to make. There is no time to hang your hands at Christmas. Christmas is a time to work. We've got great, wonderful, blessed work to do to celebrate the day of the Lord. Christmas is a time to work. But make no mistake, the work of Christmas does not cause the day of the Lord. The work of Christmas is a response to the day of the Lord. The work of Christmas is a way to say thank you to God for all that has already happened in our lives. And as Zephaniah tells the people how to celebrate the coming day of the Lord, Zephaniah says, you will need to sing. You will need to shout. You will need to rejoice. You will have no time for fear and no time for the hanging of your hands because when you discover that Christ is in your midst, you have so much work to do. When you discover Christ is in your midst, it's time to do the work. It's time to do the work to be ready when Christ shows up in your office You have to do the work so you're ready when Christ shows up in your marriage, when Christ shows up in your classrooms, when Christ shows up in your neighborhood, when Christ shows up in our midst. We have to do the work so we can be ready to live our faith. We have to do the work so we can pack all those stockings. We have to do the work so we can pack all those baskets. We have to do the work to deliver those gifts from our congregation to our neighborhood. We have to do the work so people can see the love of Jesus Christ in our actions as we celebrate Christmas. Zephaniah tells the people to prepare for the day of the Lord. You will sing. You will shout. 
You will rejoice. You will have no fear and your hands will be far too busy to hang. Zephaniah is a Christmas book. Zephaniah is an Advent book. Zephaniah tells us exactly what to expect as we prepare for the Lord to appear in our midst. God with us. Zephaniah tells us on that day, it will be time to sing. It will be time to shout. It will be time to rejoice. It will be time to have no fear. And it will be time to do the work of living our faith. Christmas is a time to hang wreaths and trees and ornaments and lights, but never hands. Christmas is a time to do the work of our faith. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.